Welcome to the id. Living with ADHD in the arts, fitness, and in general life. We will be having weekly guests, hearing stories, going through the minefield that is now life with ADHD, or knowing people with ADHD. Learning maybe some new communication skills, or at least just sharing some crazy stories. So thank you again for joining us on The Id. Hello there and welcome to The Id. My guest today is a small businesswoman, a qualified energy work practitioner, uh, construction management, and a personal trainer, a good friend of mine, Tara. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jay. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for coming in and giving me your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Okay. You, yes, you're excited. You <laughs> said, oh, I'm excited. She gives me, a, she sends me a message and said, oh, I want to be on the podcast. And I'm like, well, yeah, I wanted to have you on because you had access and were a personal trainer. Right. So that was definitely part of what I'm going to be talking about as myself going through my fitness journey and all mm. that. And that's where it kind of stopped for me was that. But now you're telling me, hey, guess what? There's more to me that there's, you don't even know. There's more to me. Well, I always knew there was more. <laughs> but you probably have the A of the H and the Ds. Quite possible. Quite right. possible. So it's not official yet. No, I've never been tested. No. No. Do you have a... Nobody's even suggested it to me. Okay. Uh, it was more of a listening to your previous guests okay and connecting the dots and finding similarities and right. thinking back to my childhood and my experience with relatives that mm -hmm. had been diagnosed mm -hmm. um, so i thought hmm, i probably have some stories that might fit right in okay that's up to you let's well no, i'm not tell, i, I am not to everybody out there i am not a diagnostician i uh, but I mean, obviously, it takes one to know one a little bit, right? Let's just let's just cover some of the fundamentals. Okay. Uh, do you like to be first? Do you race ahead? Yes. Do you talk over people? Absolutely. Do you want to get your talking out first? Of course. Yeah. Will you interrupt them to do that? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, those are very indicative of of that kind of thing. It's another one of those paintbrush type mm -hmm. things. Now, ADHD presents as a host of other things as well, and very rarely comes alone. Mm. It usually brings something along with it, like dyslexia, which is my personal one of flavor. Uh, and for others, it's an anxiety disorder. And for others, it's, it's a higher form of uh, a learning blockage or problem. Uh, it goes on. There are a lot in that list, but a lot of people who think they have ADHD sometimes misdiagnose and they actually have something else. But I have known Tara for quite some time uh, through personally and through work. And I can honestly say she definitely has the A of the H in the days. That's your pet professional opinion? That, that's, that is my, no, that is not my professional opinion. That is my learned opinion um, due to exposure. Right. Right. How you go about a certain finickiness mm -hmm. to, to get something done. And then a certain amount of, what was that? 
Who, what? Object permanence? Yeah, I never even heard that term until you brought it up on one of your podcasts. I'm like, what does that even mean? But I've heard you discuss examples of it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's not a stranger to that either. People included? That's a good question. Uh, I think about how I've lost, not lost touch with people, but I can go months and months and months without talking to somebody. And then... Oh, I should text them and see if they're okay, still Okay, so that would be the object permanence. <laughs> I can give examples. You can label it however. Well, yes, however and, and, and quite honestly, it's it's kind of hearsay now, really. But uh, I think anybody who feels that this might be going on, it's not something that just jumps in. It's something that's been happening your entire life up to this point. You've never been able to put your finger on it. Well, no, it wasn't. I mean, it didn't even become a, a word that I'm aware of until the 80s. That's, yeah, that's and pretty much right. And I would have been past that point of, hey, we should test her or we mm-hmm. need to control her. Or mm-hmm. I didn't fit into that hyper no, category no, and you as wouldn't a kid. Because you're on the female side of it. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I used to get a lot of, oh, Tara, you're talking too much. Mm-hmm. If you just slowed down and did your work, mm-hmm. you'd get a better mark. And I'm well what 85 isn't good enough mm-hmm. or you're talking unnecessarily yes. is the terminology freya used the term too much well you're I, too much yeah that that's a newer phrase i think yeah um a lot of the teachers in my grade level school mm-hmm. were she's she would do so much better if she would just stop talking <laughs> And to call my talking unnecessary was like a, and then not an attack, but it was like, what do you mean it's unnecessary? I think right. it's unnecessary. Right. The kids I'm talking to think it's necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's always, all those things have always been there. Yeah. But I never picked them out. No, no. So not, well, as, so as we've, we've been told and as we are discovering, in general, not in total, but in general, women seem to have ADHD and it moves them in a particular direction. And boys have ADHD and it moves them in a particular direction. Not necessarily always the same or anything like that, but in general. The girls become more quiet in certain ways, whereas the guys act out more. So they get noticed more and faster because nobody can control them but if you say well there's a woman who's talking a lot nobody really looks at that sideways too much there has to be other associated things with that a chatty girl in school is is part of the norm for almost everybody but it's amazing how much this is probably snuck under the radar for a lot of women i would imagine there's thousands of stories oh, out oh, there anyway. that, that they're not even I, I didn't think about it not until you and I had a conversation mm-hmm. that I went geez I I was indirectly or not in an authoritative way but removed from my classroom on multiple occasions I spent right. more time wandering the halls of the school mm. than in the classroom mm-hmm. and it was never a you need to go to the principal's office because you've done something wrong right it was like Tara's done her work, and she's antsy. She's going to disrupt the class if we don't get rid of her. (laughs) Right. 
Okay. Interesting. But that didn't go on a report card. That no. That didn't go no. in a parent-teacher conference. So my mother probably didn't even know. Right. And wouldn't even bother to look into it. And it wasn't it. a and complaint on my end. I'm getting right. out of the classroom. Well, right. I'm not going to complain. And that was uh, uh, from a previous podcast, Mitch, who's been on twice, pretty much the same thing. I Undiagnosed because she was just the quiet one that nothing really went up there. I did well in school. Yeah. Nothing really went up, so nobody would really look at it. It was what was going on inside. That was the turmoil. It's the battles in your head. And how do you deal with those battles? Absolutely. So here you are. And wait, wait, do you want to know? Do you want to get tested? Not, is it is it important? Or? It's not important to me. No. I'm okay. not a big label person. No. And I don't need that confirmation. Right. From anyone. Nope. Not in my mind. Okay. I know who I am and right. and I'm always learning more. Mhm. And I've learned to adjust things. Mhm. Uh, and get away from making other people feel more comfortable, making other people happy to what's going to benefit me. Mhm. As selfish as that may sound, I need to make sure that I'm being who I am. Absolutely. Without having to change myself. Yeah. To fit a mold. Absolutely. So I've gone in that direction. So how long did that take for you to figure out? Well, it's not over yet. Uh huh. <laughs> when did you When did you start? I'd have to be in my forties, definitely in my forties, when my thought process really did a one eighty on that. Right. Uh, right. And it, you had to identify what you've learned that isn't working first. Yeah. You get that, I know this isn't working. It doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. How do I identify it? How do I right. change it? How do I make it better? Mm -hmm. Have you, uh, have you towed the line with uh, any anxieties like above and beyond or depression? I've always, let me rephrase that. I have been told by doctors that I had depression at multiple times in my life. Right. Uh, again, anxiety is a new term for me. Okay. Yeah, I and understand that. when somebody tries to identify that and say, you have it, mm -hmm. well, I don't really know. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Give me an example. Is that I, I gave my daughter an example the other day. Anytime I try something new, mm -hmm. anytime I go to a new place or meet a new person, I always have that pit in my stomach. And that is what they call anxiety now. Right. But it was more of this, I don't want to screw it up. I want to do it right the first right. time. I don't like that feeling. But I thought that was normal. I thought everybody dealt with that. To to a degree, so yeah. If that's what everybody goes through when they how can are it? faced with that, yeah. how can you identify that as an, an anxiety or something that needs to be medicated? Exactly. And I think... Uh, I'll flash back to episode six uh, that was just released when I was talking to Ryan, where he comes from two schools. He's younger, but he was raised <laughs> by a tough ex-military guy uh, and uh, uh, other family factors that had him believing in the whole manly walk it off business. But at the same token, he was getting a lot of influence on other sides. Uh, talking about well no that obviously isn't working for people because things need to be addressed so he said there has to be a fine line between the two there is a point 
where yes, and both him and I agree on this, we've gone too far. This has gone way too far, and we've got a bunch of softies out there right now. That's a whole other podcast. That is, and I said the same <laughs> thing then. We could talk for two hours just yeah, on that alone. That's it's gone way too far in that direction. Now that being said, there were also things that were done, quote unquote, back in the day, and with me that they weren't good then. It was just suppressive and not good for people to do, uh, and doesn't bear down on the whole walk it off it shouldn't have been walk it off then it sure as hell shouldn't be walk it off now but the sensitivity sensitivity has been set way too high right now we went from one extreme to the other one extreme to the other and i think we're trying to find that balancing point or a lot of us i would like to think are trying to find this balancing point now mm -hmm. between okay come on muscle up a bit and then the other side okay well yeah but this is this is real you do have to address this so you're fine with not really knowing i don't for really sure think it matters because it doesn't matter at this point because you've passed all those points and you are who you are and i've been able to work the system Okay. At the minimum, I've been able to graduate high school. I've been yes. able to go back to do secondary school. I'm able to hold down a full-time right job. Mm -hmm. So I don't have those basic societal issues. Right. So then why would I need to go and get diagnosed? And right. Unless I find I'm having trouble dealing, mm -hmm. whereas other people that I know who are in their 40s uh, are looking for those diagnosis right. and medicine. And then they probably need it, but they're not able to function in that box. That's right. So they can't look, if you can't look after yourself, then yes, go get the, go get that help. And maybe that yeah. was always what was in the back of my mind. Well, I'm getting by. Right. Yeah, it's it. It affects and everybody. Likes to ask for help. Yeah, and nobody likes to ask for help. That's true. Well, sitting across from you is the fifty-plus-year-old who never asked for help. So here I am sitting here. Well, it goes back trying to, that, to make my I own can, help. I can do it myself. Yeah, I should be able to do it myself. Yeah, I'm weak if I can't do it by myself. One hundred percent. So where did that come from? Jeez, I wonder. Right. That would have been part of that whole generation that perhaps could have used a little help. <laughs> brush it off. Yeah, brush it off. Come on, pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Right. So we just find ways to work. Yes. Yes, you do. I, I personally created my work. Yeah, I personally created my work and it worked for me for over 35 years. And thank you, COVID. It stopped working. Now, now I'm trying to build it all back. So that being said, let's look at some of these things that you've done. Oh, so yes. personal training, first and foremost. So Tara, for all those out there, used to be. Uh, on her way, uh, amateur ranked bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah, I did compete. Yeah. In a bodybuilding competition. Right, and uh, that takes a level of discipline. I'm sure, especially these days, that a lot of people have to agree is solid. Like that is up there with 
everything the meal prepping the schedules the timing the how to do this the sleep the micros and macros and everything just has to be written and I calculated look, and i look back on it and i don't know how i did it <laughs> how how did <laughs> right. i do it with two teenagers and a toddler right i mean it's a full-time job yeah and i sit back and think about what it took to get there yes i think it would take somebody with a heightened level of focus right to get through it absolutely because you were doing basically four things at once yes you were ra you were being a mom and raising those children independently with what they needed as individuals you were working working mm -hmm. and then you were doing this uh training Com training and Com competition yep training for competition and i was renovating a house to sell at the same renovating time. a house she definitely has adhd <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely yeah. i'm just going to keep saying that every time something comes in <laughs> it's yeah, like, no problem. oh look at that um another check another check in the box uh so and i i've i've met your kids and they're great yeah. and everybody's everybody's doing re really well so in the process of all this training mm-hmm how were you approaching it straight up as that is what I want to do? This could someday become old. I, I want to go pro. No, the thought of pro no. was never a desire. Oh, okay. Um, it was more of a, I haven't done it before. So now I'm going to do it. I'm going to teach myself. <laughs> Teach myself how to do it and do it there. I've done it. Right. And then once I've done it, then I'll figure out if I want to do it again. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I never want to compete again. <laughs> now that you're on the other side of that. As no. As soon as I got off that stage, I'm like, you know what? That was great. Great experience. Yeah. I'm proud of myself for yeah. the last 12 weeks of it's insane. Yes. It's an insane living. Yes, it is. Or way to live. But I never want to get back on that stage again. I understand. But I will still go to the gym six days a week and train like I am. Absolutely. I enjoy that part. Okay. How do you how do you enjoy it? How do you do you find that it's a necessity like a gym rat type of thing, or do you get a type of solace from it? Like I've a actually piece. thought about this. Yes. In great detail, as there's multiple factors. So very good. One for sure stems from the need to be strong, mm -hmm. to do everything by myself. Mm -hmm. The first time I ever was exposed to it, I was 16 years old in gym class. Right. And I was in love. Right. I was like, I already think I'm strong. I already got to, I don't cry when I scrape my knee. Okay, I'm gotcha. not going to show weakness. This is just another way to build on my physical strength. Gotcha. So it was physical strength that was the driving force. And then it's something that can easily become a routine. Mm -hmm. There's a formula, there's a schedule, mm -hmm. and it's all on me. I don't have to rely on anybody else to make it happen. Right. And then you get the results from the work. Absolutely. Which take a tremendous amount of patience. <laughs> yes. So... And all these mini goals. So you set these mini goals and you mm -hmm. achieve them. It's mm -hmm. just a 
it's another driving force to go to the next one. Absolutely. And then it probably was just, now I can teach others. Right. It was all about being healthy and preventative medicine. And you, the deeper you get into it, and you get into the, the food science of it. Right. The mechanics of it. And I'm, I love science and math. So this was, this was math. Yeah. So when did you start on that journey? When did it move from not just training yourself, but training others? When people started to approach me in right. the gym right. and say, hey, can you show me how to do that? Uh, I want to learn how to do this. I want to improve this. And I see you in here every day. And It struck you as an opportunity? Yeah, well, it was a thought that I'd never considered before. Right. And that would have been... I was working at a gym on the weekends <laughs> to earn my membership. Right. And the owner had said to me, why don't you be a trainer? Okay. Why? Why do you think I would make a good trainer? Right. He said, because you're in here all the time. You're dedicated and you want to help other people know what you know. Right. Oh, okay. Once the idea was put in my head. You ran with it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed helping people and it wasn't a nine to five. Again, I didn't have to worry about bosses and other employees right. and it was just so you were given the latitude to basically just do this as you saw fit did it become something official not at that location no a different place right years later right excellent yep excellent so in your for for people who have adhd that are in the throes of it that are going through it mm -hmm. the gym like so many other things is a massive focus point Absolutely. It, it is a huge for a group of people that are known to forget to eat mm -hmm. uh, put off taking care of themselves or forget to take care of themselves can go days and then go hey man I'm really hungry and I forgot to do the pizza six times or go back five hours later and the pizza that they tried to heat up is still <laughs> in the microwave now stone cold uh, things like that I wanted to spend part of my time doing this podcast focusing on a health aspect. Yep. So not just in from your context of a personal trainer and training and your own experience with it, but from uh, professionals in health themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a number of, hopefully I have some doctoral friends that I hope will be joining us and all that kind of thing down the road, but obviously their time is at an extreme premium. Yeah. So I'm hitting whoever I can to help people out there mm -hmm. who are starting off with this in a good way, like some of the younger people who know that the gym could really help them. Some of the middle of the road age people who are perhaps looking at making a change uh, or trying to work strongly on their focus points. Uh, and then people like myself who have been dabbling in this area for way too long uh i myself was also a personal trainer but we have to go back to the early 90s for that and so much within the industry has changed health science has just it's always evolving it's it's always evolving but if i was to go back to what i used to know mm -hmm. and think that that actually held water to today's standards uh, i'd be joking i'd be 
making fun of myself. So, but you'd still be at a better starting point than most people are. Yes, I'd have a set of core fundamentals, but mm. w from from the '60s, '70s, and most of the '80s, mm -hmm. lifting weights, general health, going to the club was less about health, more health. about physique and aesthetic. Exactly. And you did that no matter. Dietary structure back in the day was how many hamburgers you could plow into your gullet because you know you needed the energy, not what that energy was, mm -hmm. but just the fact that it was energy. And that's why I'm saying the science has really come quite far forward. And these are the things that people with ADHD and, and other other particular ways of life like that find themselves and I don't want to say suffering but forgetful of the fact that they are still a machine that needs to be fed mm -hmm. and if they can get a focus point from something healthy like the gym or cardio work like going for walks and things like that this is getting out of the house getting off of the tech I think this is a signal that I would like to move forward because as a young person I didn't go for walks right that could have probably helped because it's also the oxygen and visually a stimulant for me would have helped calm me down seeing walks used to be my escape for me it was the opposite if I was walking I was beyond bored so the opposite was that I just stayed in the house and everything was trapped and I was still in my mind mm. or I plowed myself into work and I was at one of my various jobs 24-7. So were there was you, no health in there. Were you trying to block out all the thoughts that were going through your mind? Is that why you would focus on work and throw yourself into work rather than going yeah. for a walk? Yeah. See, I used to embellish in my daydream. I'd go for a walk and I would be somewhere else completely. Right. And I would just go with that. More ADHD. <laughs> So the gym was a point of escape. Yeah. Put my headphones in. I had right. focus on my training. So it's a focus point. Absolutely. Perfect. And then the food just became this part of the science. I understand. So, okay. So that being said, if we were to look at, say there's, say there's some people out there that are listening right now and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm digging it because I've played too much with the gym and I've never really totally been serious with it. And I found that I kind of felt better when I was there. Mm -hmm. Not just from a, I'm working out and I'm feeling better, but from literally a focus point, which is, it's so strong for that. What would be a cost? Not all gyms are affordable. And let's face it, for people such as myself, remembering to leave the house on a timely basis mm -hmm. to go to a completely different location and do something that you may not entirely be thrilled about doing mm -hmm. is not something that's going to sink in quickly or for a long period of time and that i can tell you that that was my experience i've belonged to four of the major gyms around right. here uh over the course of almost 16 years and i've wasted almost every single one of them mm -hmm. Then I opened a gym <laughs> myself. <laughs> this was way back in the day. And um, 
it wasn't a bad experience. It wasn't, it was a neutral experience. I actually ended up only having it for a year and stepped out at a zero sum game. Okay. I, I just paid off everything that I owed. I didn't really earn anything. I just lived for a year, mm -hmm. uh, traded back in all of the equipment because it was on, it was assigned equipment anyway. So it's not like I bought the equipment. I just gave it all back and paid off the loans and it, it was done. It was an interesting kind of neutral experience. Right. But what I did get from that was the urge to want to be more solid about it. Mm-hmm. So I managed to keep some of that equipment and I got more equipment and now I have a still growing kitted out <laughs> home gym, which kept me alive during COVID. And it was extraordinarily important to me. And now that I'm taking it with a certain vigor that I hadn't had before, it is making huge changes for me. Now I have a fair amount of equipment. What would you say would be a great starting point for people to have something at home that was accessible, reachable, and didn't necessarily break the bank. What's a nice first-timer setup? Mm. That is a good question. I have an answer, but it depends on the situation. Of, of course, yeah, so all if, situational. If you were new to training mm. and have a very small amount of space, and only want one piece of equipment, mm -hmm. a cable machine of some sort. A cable machine of some sort, okay. multiple attachments or multiple ways of doing different exercises. Okay, so when, uh, so my mind goes in two different places when you say a cable machine. Mm -hmm. uh, because a universal gym. Right, so there's some of those universal gyms, they were incredibly popular during the 90s and early 2000s. That everybody, York right. had them, Weeder yep. had them, you could get uh, Nordic Track if you wanted to spend a billion dollars had mm -hmm. them. Um, but essentially, mostly junk. Yes I, or no? I don't have an opinion on okay. the quality okay. of the equipment or the specific brands or manufacturers. No, no, and I'm not looking for a specific I'm on, on brands. It, I'm looking at it from Just exercise. a math. Okay. resistance with cables there's less risk than yes. free weights okay. and if you are not taught proper form free weights there is more room for injury absolutely or not doing it properly mm -hmm. a cable you can get a lot of work without a small amount of effort so right. lighter weight but because you have the resistance constant right. you're working in the, in your full range of motion right there's less likely to have and this is my own opinion this is not, no of course no know, of course scientifically of course. proven but no no i find you can do a whole body workout with cables mm -hmm. and there's so many variations of exercises that you can do with cables yes due to physics right my favorite piece of equipment of all time is yes. a squat rack and a bar. <laughs> yeah. That's my own, but I know how to use them yeah. and I'm comfortable using them. Right. The, it, it really depends on your experience level, your confidence level, mm -hmm. and what type of training you are trying to do. Of course. You can do calisthenics at home with no equipment. Right. If that's, if that's the physique or that's the type of training that mm -hmm. you want to do, 
uh, kettlebells mm -hmm. are great, but again, they're free weight. You need to learn proper form. Absolutely. I've seen a lot of damaged wrists with, <laughs> with right? those so in bad there's, form. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of cardio equipment. Yeah. But that may be my own person. I find them extremely boring. Yes. <laughs> if I want to do cardio, <laughs> yeah. I need to have this intricate, complicated, you know, circuit done up right. to get a hit going. Or right. I'll just go for a walk. Right. Or I'll go for a run. Right. But to get on a cardio machine, <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> okay. So, as I said, it goes two ways for me so the the first way is as i look at those just i just said those brand names out because they were the first ones that came to my mind and they've been around an incredibly long time now the market is absolutely saturated with these things and they're your choice your choice they get as simple as you want mm -hmm. or as complicated as you want and they fall in almost every single price range and sometimes you can even order them off of amazon so there you go, a cable machine. And I just so happen to agree with what you're saying from a safety context at the very minimum. Yes. Um, as somebody who uses, I have two cable machines, <laughs> but I also use an entire assortment of free weights. The bulk of what I do is free weights. Mm -hmm. And if you are not in a small space, if you're not lifting them right, the mm -hmm. potential for disaster is huge and i've always i've always looked at it from a gradual building upgrading mm -hmm. so to speak so you know even when i started in a gym oh i, I get on the cardio machine mm -hmm. that's what i knew to do that's yeah. what i can't say the internet because it was before the internet yeah <laughs> that's what the books told <laughs> yeah, me to do yeah right that's what, yeah you know uh, jane fonda you know yeah. so Start off with a little <laughs> run or a bike. So it was it was the owner of the gym that said, hey, why don't you get into resistance training? Mm -hmm. And it's let's start with the machines mm -hmm. and learn the movements and get into familiarity with actual resistance training. Then you graduate to the barbells, the fixed bars right. and the body weight stuff. Yes. And then you can move or graduate to free weights. Right dumbbells kettlebells whatever yeah. whatever the case may be uh but i've always gravitated towards the cable machines especially right. if i'm in a pinch or i just want to do something different right and still do the same workout mm -hmm. but on the cable machine mm -hmm. so there you go if we got and like i say i actually completely agree if you're looking for something out there and you you want to take something on and i I'm going to add a little bit to this because there's some extraneous things that can help make this a focus point. A, uh, shopping therapy, <laughs> uh, which is also a focus point, and unfortunately some of us do it more than we should. Right. Um, but when doing the research for something like this, you're going to see a lot. Mm -hmm. And you are really going to have to look at what you want to achieve the space that you have and how long term your goal is in that particular area. Right. So we're only scratching just like the barest bit of the top of this iceberg by saying it's going to give you a little bit of a, a shopping thrill mm -hmm. because there's going to be a lot of research involved. And I suggest to everybody do a huge amount of research because if you get 
the right piece of equipment for what you want to do, but it is too cheap, you will hurt yourself. You can blow the bank on a piece of equipment that's built rock solid, but it's not right for you, mm-hmm. or it's not, they don't necessarily come measured for you, but if you're a person who is extra tall, you can run into some complications on fixed machinery. Of course, yeah. Um, and then there's getting it, setting it up, and making your space work. That's a trick. So now we're going to get more stimming in from that. I got to organize this thing. And some of these pieces can be incredibly complicated. So that's going to take you a while to put those together. Hey. <laughs> As a personal trainer and somebody who's been in the gym. Yeah. For 30 years. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my advice to anybody that asks me that very question. Mm-hmm. I always want my answer to be. Find somebody that knows what they're doing first. To put it together? or Not just to put it together, okay. just to figure out exactly what you want to do in terms of your goal. Right. And then will that piece of equipment match your goal? Right. Okay, now how do I put it together? How do I use it? Right. What are the, you know, different exercises that I should or could do? Mm-hmm. For these goals mm-hmm. and have somebody show you how to do it the internet's great for that information yeah. there's a lot of misinformation yes that concerns me from a safety standpoint yeah or oh this person in the gym that I saw working out I'm gonna go ask them how to do it and they'll show you how to do it and that's a great way to start when you're uncomfortable and you don't know who to talk to mm-hmm. but really at the end of the day it would be the same with anything else you do yeah you're not going to go buy a car and start driving it mm-hmm. without first being shown how to drive it. Yeah. How does it work? How does it operate? Half of us don't know how our own body's mechanisms yeah, operate. Exactly. So yes. that's always been my first go. And I understand that costs money or you don't yeah. know the right people or whatever the case may be. But if you're going to spend money on a piece of equipment or a gym, you should know some of what you're doing. Yes. It's your yourself you're putting at risk. Yeah. So there's the research. Yeah. And absolutely. research is first. And again, that's another focus point that some of us could enjoy because we love doing tons of research. And but you could get out. lost. Test out those machines before you buy. Yes. You may the, not even like to do that kind of exercise. There are uh, there are two, three major places in and around where we live that mm-hmm. we can go and look at equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of the three have some of the pieces set up so you can physically get a hold of them and see what's going on uh all of them have at least one or two extraordinarily knowledgeable staff that's another way of researching yeah and who's to say you can't you know i'm not sure about all of the gym facilities in the area Mm mm-hmm but I do know that some gym facilities provide you with X amount of free personal training sessions. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, if it's something that is something you don't have to lock into for a year, mm-hmm. the gym membership or the trainer or whatever, use it. So use there's another option. Use trainer to say, hey, I'm interested in learning how to use this piece of equipment. Right. And get them to show you so you can experience those different pieces of equipment right. in that facility. And then you'll 
have a better idea of what you like and what you think you might be able to do mm-hmm. or where you want to expand. And, and if you get into it, you're going to change anyways. Absolutely. Because you'll but grow. One of my, uh, one of the biggest things that I have my own gym set up for is because, and people should know this by now by the podcast, I don't like groups of people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so permit mode yeah my my gym experiences that were good were when there were very little people in the gym uh my best gym experience was actually a military gym um and their rules are completely different yes uh, because you're not allowed to interrupt anybody you're not allowed to act a fool there's no pose downs because people are actually in there to retain their pay that's right uh and their ranking system still holds in the gym so it's very specific as to how they go about it and nobody messes with you so it was a little bit more peaceful for me to throw in throw on my headset not ear pods because i'm <laughs> old headset throw on my hoodie that is actually two sizes too big for me and totally ignore the world but ultimately, the home gym was where I was at. I love the idea of the home gym. Yeah. Love it. Yes. I am also a creature of habit likes to have a place <laughs> to go. I understand so, that too. I love the gym. I will go to the gym. I also like the ability to have stuff at home, to mm-hmm. work out at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the very first questions when I go to a new gym mm-hmm. before I even sign up is, what are your busy times? Right. And make a point of not going during those times. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I tended to stick to small private gyms. Right. Because you learn very quickly when the dead zones are. Right. And then I can have the whole gym to myself. Now, on average, and you would know this, I would not. In a smaller gym, do they tend to be more expensive within range of the big, huge gyms? or They're always more expensive. Cheap. They are more expensive. Because it's a, just a smaller group. Smaller capital, smaller right. ability to take loans, smaller right. clientele to bring in the money. So kind of a better situation, but you're going to pay for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So there's a bunch of options for you right there. And I also, ultimately, if you're just starting out, I think taking advantage of a gym for one month to get the trainer to show you how to use some equipment mm. and then making the investment over time, a couple pieces here and there. It doesn't have to be a whole bunch of machines. It could be machine and some bands right. or whatever. That is probably the ultimate best way of doing it because you've actually learned from a pro how to use this stuff that you're investing in and then watch the benefits come. And that comes from this part of me that always wants to know how to do things the right way before I do it. Yes. So that's what I'm going to advise. Of, of course. Don't just walk into a gym and start working out. Right. Why would you do that? <laughs> I think uh, from a large paintbrush perspective, that happens a lot. I'm sure it happens 99% of the time. Well, we've all seen the gym fail video. And then try being me in a gym yeah. with people around me. That you constantly want to correct. Right? <laughs> and I, I have to like do tunnel vision and, yeah. and, you know, look through people. Right. And have my headphones on because, and I've done it. I've walked over to somebody and said, look. Wow. So how did that go over? 
<laughs> they just looked at me like I had three heads. Right. I said, I, I don't want to impose, but, you know, if you keep doing that, you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Can I show you a safer way right. to drop that weight right. or lift that weight? Mm-hmm. And they kind of looked at me like, uh, sure. And then we're like a deer in headlights for the next 20 minutes. Right. Even when I walked away, they were just kind of, okay. And then they went back to doing whatever they were doing. I'm like, okay, it's not my place to help you. I don't have take that liability on me, but I can't yeah. help it. But yeah. so I have to tune out. Mm-hmm. And I can't, can't stay in the crowd. <laughs> and I don't like to share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I got this squat. That squat rack's empty, man. I'm lining up all of my exercises that involve that squat rack so that I don't lose it. <laughs> I don't like to share. It's mine. <laughs> I hear it calling. It's calling from the distance. That's hilarious. Okay, so if you have okay, this very how i i think it's helpful i hope it's going to be helpful for others to get this kind of information um especially even though i don't like talking about but i've mentioned it i believe in every single podcast i've done so far uh covid because it was such a defining moment for so many things unfortunately Mm -hmm. um excuse me really pointed to a weakness in the system and if we already had people who counted on the gym in that type of visceral way, right. uh, like myself, who are already in there, already conditioned, already see it as a, not just a stimming point, but a focus point, an emotional need point, a, a fixed point together mm-hmm. for many things, and then found themselves going for months and months on several occasions, not just once, mm-hmm. but several occasions, without Mm -hmm. i think that's why i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about a home gym right because it truly did save my bacon oh yeah mine for sure i'm just speaking personally here uh i have clients and friends who have said oh god i wish i had your setup because and i don't have a mighty setup or anything it's just they went through that time yeah And and not everybody has the space no to set up a no. home gym well i've got a uh it's basically a well, the living your room, front room. Yeah. You <laughs> my living room is a gym room. yeah you do what you have to do but yeah i i mean i'm not in a in a location right now no i can't even do a push-up yeah there's no floor space there's yeah. just you can't so what do i do well i could go walk but i'm stuck in that i know i should get back into it right uh, you know, it's not a habit. It's not a habit. You broke the habit. It broke the habit. Yeah. I was forced to break the habit. Yes. And now I want to get back to that habit. Yeah. Because that's, I felt my best in that routine, in that structure. I agree. Except the counting of the food bit. I could do <clears throat> I'd like to enjoy food again instead I'm of just <laughs> looking at it like a tool. <laughs> and I know you know. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I uh, I'll tell a little... A thing of oddness because I am odd uh, nobody really knows of course but now you're about to I'm also a type 2 diabetic so uh, greatness was thrust upon me uh, because of that I have particular dietary needs because I do not medicate this is through healthy living and exercise is how I monitor all of this stuff 
and uh, I thought I was doing really good. And then it turns out I wasn't doing as good as I thought. This is over a progression of, of a bit of time. And my gym started to suffer a little bit. My going to the gym was suffering, like going to work out was suffering a bit. And then it kind of came to a head and it was brought to my attention that I needed to refocus and get back into this. This is also part of why I did this podcast. My food, I was not a micro macro uh <laughs> count the calories right. none of that stuff uh anybody who knows me knows that i'm not small in any way shape or form so i was actually undernourished for the type of food that i was eating because i was eating an extraordinarily limited diabetic diet right and watching every single curb and being very cautious then my doctor gave me some more information, some new information, and I was actually prescribed protein, <laughs> which I my thought, favorite thing in the yeah, whole it's world. It's like, oh, I, oh, you've got protein. I love protein. Oh, protein. So it's I great tool. Protein usually didn't sit well with me, and I finally found a protein that actually is, it's extraordinarily expensive, but it works very mm-hmm. well. So I was prescribed protein. Mm-hmm. And I was prescribed 186 grams of it a day. Yep. The rest of it, to get me up to 265 grams, was to be included in my diet that had to involve roughage, a carb, which I was avoiding, and apparently it was making me foggy. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And a host of other things. My system was not handling quote-unquote proper food very good and meat mm-hmm. not vegetable proteins right because they require a totally different group of enzymes mm-hmm. to break them down appropriately That's right. and you actually end up expending more energy trying to break down a vegetable protein than you would get from the conversion of the protein than a whey protein or a solid protein uh, less fats, let's go, um, you want to weigh isolate. And I, my food has gone through the roof. Uh, it's I expensive. actually, it's, um, it's an expensive lifestyle. Okay. I'll be honest, uh, for myself alone, my grocery bill is between 1000 and $1,200 a month. Not surprising. That does not include the $300 for protein, which I have to buy twice a month because they don't make them any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a 10-pound jug yet. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I would love a 10-pound right? jug or a barrel. Can I just have a barrel? <laughs> well, and that's the other side of the coin yeah. is getting the right food. I mean, yeah. I did a competition. Mm, oh, yeah. That's and, a different thing there. You know, there's different, <laughs> there's different styles yeah. of nutritional approaches to training. Yes. And it's, and it's dependent on what you're doing. So, you know, a, a marathon runner is going to have a different nutrition program than an Olympic bodybuilder. Absolutely. Or a figure competition or, you know, a power lifter. They yes. all have different nutritional needs. Mm-hmm. You, you can get into with 
with the information that's out there, Mm -hmm. there's lots of it. There's also lots of misinformation. Yeah. We're ripe with that right now. Nutrition styles, coaches, they're all different. They all have different backgrounds. They all have different experiences and different education. So when I did my competition, I was put on a, what I call a standard bro diet. A bro, a bro diet. Bro diet. Okay. And you know, you, you're, you're putting faith into the system. You're putting faith into the coach. You're putting faith into, you've done this before. Yes. Uh, lots of people have done it and they've yes. all done this diet. So it must work. Right. Uh, I did not feel great on that diet. No. I did not respond uh, quite the way I should have. Mm-hmm. I was very difficult client like my body was not responding the way that they were expecting it okay. to because everyone else they put on that diet right oh so you're categorizing yourself as a difficult client absolutely yeah okay all right ADHD. when i finished <laughs> the competition and i went to a different coach yes it was like night and day right totally different body within a year mm-hmm. or two and i was like i feel better on this i i like this diet better. excellent same foods it was just how they were balanced right and that's when we got into tracking macros <laughs> and micronutrients <laughs> right. yes. versus calories right so i got off the calorie train altogether and and interesting that you say that most um not just they talk about calorie deficit if you're cutting or whatever yep. but for anybody who's going into this from a even my approach, uh, I am not, I am not being a bodybuilder or anything like that. As a matter of fact, my routine, if you'd like to call it that, is more closely associated with strongman competitors. Um, without massive amounts of weight gain. Yes, that's right. I spend that much on groceries <laughs> and have that much protein, and I've lost five pounds. Yeah, you just need to focus on fueling the machine. That's right, and the work. And knowing what it needs. That that takes trial and error. Yeah. And education. Mm-hmm. But. Now ask me if I like my food. I already know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to ask. Yeah. It becomes, and it becomes not enjoyable. It becomes it does. a tool. Yeah, that's after correct. After a while. And you start to, I had just said to somebody the other day, they were getting into counting macros. Hmm. And mm. they were on an app and they were tracking and yeah. they'd done it for three months and they, you know, they want to take a break because it was doing their head in. And I piped up and said, I've been tracking macros for 15 years. Yeah. Maybe longer than that. Yeah. And I had to take a break from it. But unfortunately, when you do it for so long, yeah, you can look at a plate of food. And you do it anyway. <laughs> and I know exactly how much yeah. I'm getting. Yeah. I know I haven't had enough protein today yeah. because I know what I've consumed. And it it's the just you're trained that way after a while. Yeah. And, how, and that's how I look at it now. It's, it's for anybody who's seen the videos and listened to the people talking about training and pro training and non just not even advanced, just beginning training, the diet. Mm. is where probably 80% of your battles are going to be won and lost. And it is the hardest thing to get through your head. Going to the gym or putting a gym together for yourself Mm -hmm. 
is actually the easiest part of the entire trip. Because I know that there are days when I can hardly wait to get in there and do my thing. And then I have to think, wait a second, I think I missed a meal. Mm. Or wait a minute, was that my first or second protein shake of the day? Right. I can't remember. Thank you, ADHD, because I can't remember and when I do things. And there are there are apps out there, and maybe we'll get into that yeah. on another time to Absolutely. help some people out. Uh, of course, I want to do it myself yep. right away every time. But that's a real thing. And I, I believe I just already said this to you the other day. Uh, the part that I hate the most is all the goddamn chewing. Mm-hmm. I'm just sick of eating. I'm just eating. That's eating and washing dishes and eating that's why i I got into (laughs) i mean protein shakes i mean i I obsess over them yeah because a i can create them myself i can put all the vegetables and fruit yeah and you know uh, herbs and supplements into the shake itself yeah everything i need can go into that shake and blend it and there's no chewing (laughs) i love vegetables i hate eating them yeah so how do i make this easier i know I'll put them all in a shake yeah. and drink it. <laughs> Every, everything to me is still a salad. It's still, I have fresh vegetables with almost everything I eat. It's the whole Well, thing. I applaud you because I got sick and tired of the chewing. It took way yeah. too much time. I, I, under, I can't let go of, uh, this can go forwards to some other things, obviously, and that's, I love food. Oh, yeah. I'm, so do I. I'm a pro-chain chef of three different <laughs> disciplines. I was raised loving food from a European household, uh, from a multicultural household. Mm. I love food. But I didn't like how I felt when I was sick more no. yeah. than the love of a food. So now <laughs> I'm eating food that's emotionally killing me. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's there's, stolen the joy of eating. Yeah, it's there's a lot of a repetitive nature with this food and and repetitive timing. Mm. Um, but I'm sorry, the facts are there. I'm healthier than I was when I was 30, and I'm stronger, and I'm older, and that doesn't seem to be making that much of a difference. So, for everybody out there, as I promised, we were going to get into the health end of things. Mm. For anybody out there who's working with this because i know uh in my previous podcast ryan mentioned and i'm getting back to the gym mm-hmm. now he struggled with it too he wasn't not gym like my gym or your gym i just going out and being he would then find himself in the garage and he wouldn't do anything physical at all or he'd find himself in the kitchen definitely not doing something physical and i think Part of when I started the podcast was I wanted to bring it forward for people such as myself and possibly you mm-hmm. that this is something that you have to strive for to be part of your balance. So if you're going to get in it, because we can start to be healthier in our minds, we can start to employ some processes to help us move through some of the things that we seem to do naturally. But this may not come naturally to some and it should because I, from what I've seen, it's one of those things that gets forgotten. I don't know what it is about the human condition, but making that effort and bringing, developing those routines, mm-hmm. 
is a hurdle for any anybody. Getting them back once they've been broken. Well, that's even worse. And that's where we are because, today. <laughs> because you know how good you feel. You yeah. know what it's like. Yeah. There's no unknown. That's right. And yet you're still blocked. There's still this door that you can't open. Yes. And I think fitness and nutrition and being healthy from a physical standpoint is helpful for everybody. Absolutely. But I think the structure behind it, the repetitiveness of it. Yes. The focus point. Focusing, the yeah. ability to focus on something and achieve goals along the way. Because if you're doing it properly, you don't stay stagnant in it. That's correct. Yeah. And I think that's a great addition to your life if you are dealing with something that takes it's a, it, I always find I have this nagging voice in the back of my head. You got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something today. Right. I got to be productive. I got to do something. Mm -hmm. I could spend the whole day thinking that and not figure and out not do a damn thing. what the heck I was going <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I don't feel like doing anything anymore. Yep. And we, we've, uh, people such as uh, myself fall into that, that you go down the hole and so you don't come out. I've learned for me that when I want to get back into an old routine or start a mm -hmm. new routine, I need a buddy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? And it's usually somebody that I want to help. Handy. But you're going to help me. Right. Because you're going to help me get over this hump by by giving me something or somebody to be accountable to. Yeah, you're going to keep me on time. So if I know you're going to be there for a 6 a.m. workout, I'm going to be there for a 6 a.m. workout. Awesome. And that's how I'll get back into a routine. Right. So find your ADHD buddy. Yep. <laughs> so you can both forget. <laughs> <laughs> blind leading the blind. No, that's 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 excellent advice. And again, it gives you an opportunity uh, to perhaps even you see. I knew this was all going to come together. Look at that object permanence, because then you are you, another great idea is bringing somebody along to mm -hmm. help you with this type of association, which means. You need to make a plan to yes. contact somebody. Well, I'm great at making plans. I'm great at drafting things up. But acting them out. It's executing it for the first time. Oh, the first. Okay, but I think that's for the world at large. That very that's first right. execution is a hell of a first step. Right. So yeah. you could think of somebody and you may not contact them because it's that first. And then it's okay. They agree to it. All right. When are we starting? Right. If it were me, I'd want to start right now. Sure. Oh, you've agreed to come with me? Okay, tomorrow morning. Yeah. And they'd be like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, but you still have to go through that process. Yeah. And I think that is good exercise for people in my situation. And it's just to get mm -hmm. used to doing this. And it's not just about the health. It's about you've involved somebody else. Right. It's about the planning. That's right. It's about your health. It's about their health. It's about being... Uh, you just said it, you're accountable, accountable to somebody, which can also help. So even with my experience mm. and knowledge and training, mm. I still, if I had the extra money, mm -hmm. I would still want a, co a coach full time. Absolutely. I work better that way. You would want to be coached or you want to be a coach? I want to be coached. Oh, nice. Oh, because it's the drive, it's the push, it's the, the accountability. accountability somebody else's right. experience somebody nice. else might have some other ideas right somebody to bounce bounce things off of right i'm feeling this way mm -hmm. i know i could try this to fix it mm -hmm. but what do you think mm -hmm. 
It's just somebody else to monitor me. Right. I mean, I can self-monitor and I can self-do all that. But it's all about building a rhythm. It's about building those things that we could hopefully get into a habit of doing and not break too often. Well, what is a schedule or routine without being accountable to something or someone? Well, that's the thing with ADHD. It doesn't matter. Right. Because you stop thinking about the everything. It's it's just becomes a nebulous. Mm -hmm. You forget about the person. You forget about the accountability. Oh, I've been on my phone for five hours. You forget about eating or using the bathroom. But that's where the coach, <laughs> that's where a coach or a buddy would ring you up right yeah dude D well, you know where are your numbers today yeah where are your pictures today what yeah. did you do today did you do this today did you eat that did you track so somebody's at you mm -hmm. kind of keeping you on the track so there is another excellent suggestion so we've got some ideas for home we've got ideas for implementing at home mm -hmm. basic setup what could that possibly look at look at your space Look at your research, number one, most mm -hmm. important thing. Mm -hmm. Another suggestion, take advantage of the gyms. Yep. For that personal trainer, free once, twice, three times a lady, what, whatever it That's is. Right. I don't know what it is. Take advantage of it and then plan your system based off of some of the most appropriate knowledge and the use of some of the most appropriate machines mm -hmm. or techniques. And then once you want to get there, whether it's at home or at a gym. Yep. Get a buddy. Another suggestion. That's Keep you going. There's lots of online coaches mm -hmm. that are great. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. That could be something that's that's all somebody needs. Mm -hmm. Or here's another one. For free, get that friend who does not have ADHD, <laughs> who's also interested in the gym, and see if they would be keen enough to say, yeah, I'll, I'll call you. I'll bug you. Yeah. Give it a go. The worst that they can say is no, but at least you had to try. That's right. Fantastic. Well, I love this information. This is what I was hoping for. Good. So I know that we're only kind of scratching it, like I said before, and we've only actually touched on you just a pinch. Mm -hmm. But your experience in the health range is what really wanted to focus on this time around. But now we're going to switch gears a little bit and peel a little... A little layer okay. off of that onion. So you're a mom. I am. Times three. Yes. Excellent. So I won't be as brash as to say, so how did that go for you? Uh, it's not over I, yet. I, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not over yet uh, because something is about to happen. What is coming up here? Yeah. Uh, First time grandmother here soon. Oh, That's exciting. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Excellent. So this is... This would be your daughter? My daughter. My okay. firstborn is having her first Fantastic. Yeah. How is she doing? Good. She's doing good. Okay. Everybody, yeah. did you do a, you did a shopping trip? You did Oh, yes. I'm having lots of fun. <laughs> I'm having lots of fun getting ready and okay. helping because my drive is to help people. So, right. Hey, this is perfect. Right. This is my experience times three. Right. This is what I did. This is what worked for me. Excellent. And yet, at the same time, trying to hold back. Yeah. Let's not be overwhelmed. Yeah. Let's not, you know, don't, do it my don't way. Don't overdo it. That's right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm catching good. myself quite a bit. Very good. But having fun. Excellent. Yeah. What does, um, how, so they've obviously developed 
Um, who's the youngest? Liam's the youngest. L- Liam. Liam's yeah. the youngest. And how old is he? 14. 14? Well, he will be 14. Wow. Okay. Yep. So you have, you split time up, and she's obviously, we're talking about adult children. Yes. Here, so. 27. Yeah. So that's, I'm, just, I'm thrilled for you. Really, I think that's awesome. Have you noticed anything being around them that may tip you off to something that may be interesting about them? from a ADHD perspective because what I found is, is moms are more sensitive towards their children than they are to themselves right <laughs> when it comes to asking I some questions cannot argue that yeah have I noticed I've noticed similarities to me over the years mm-hmm. but I would never look at that and think Oh, they could have it too. Right. Uh, unfortunately, now that I've become more aware of myself, yeah, I now am seeing it in a lot of people. Right. So, and then I'm second guessing myself yeah. because I'm like, well, are they really showing those traits, or mm-hmm. am I just looking for it in them? Because mm-hmm. I think ultimately we all want to feel like we're not alone. Yes. And I think that drives a lot of people's oversharing mm-hmm. or talking or by the way she just gestured at me when she said oversharing because i, I suffer like, from the same <laughs> thing i overshare all the time but that's yeah. my bonding yeah it's how you relate you, yeah. you say no i know exactly what you're talking about because this is my story exactly along those lines so i hear you so yeah, yeah, it comes from that need to not. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna make sure you feel like you're not alone in what you're going mm-hmm. through because I've gone through it. But a lot of people on the outside, what they see is, oh my God, they make everything about them. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, it's for all sure. about. I came here with this sub story and I wanted you to listen. Here they are talking about them, and I, I used to get that a lot. So I had to teach myself, and I'm still teaching myself. Yeah. Um listen to understand and not to respond very nice hugely difficult yes habit to create Mm -hmm. but i think it's very effective and not to diminish somebody's experience Mm -hmm. or make them feel like their feelings aren't validated yes i try to acknowledge so that's the other work Try to acknowledge their feelings. Right. And let them know that what they're experiencing is understood or heard. Absolutely. Before yeah. I jump into, oh, and, yeah. and guess what? Uh, I, uh, I have to stop myself yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, and say, said to my best friend who I talk to all the time, I've known mm. her for 40 years. I'll get off the three-hour conversation and say, so, did you want to talk at all? (laughs) (laughs) I really want to hear about what's going on in your life. And you've just sat there and let me, you know, spew verbal diarrhea for the last three years. And you'll be like, no, that's fine. I'm like, you're not. (laughs) I need to learn these things. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that was me and your gestured oversharing for sure. Um, you said it on your last your last uh, podcast or the one before. I probably mentioned you it. You did on mention two. it. Yeah. yeah, 
No, it's and that that was my my thing. But it's sure. always been a bad thing. It's always felt like it was a bad thing when yeah. somebody has addressed it. Yeah, and that's I was trained to believe that it was a bad thing. Yeah. So I've looked at myself as a piece of garbage because I did it. Mm-hmm. And it's only recently that I've gone, wait a second. This is how I'm identifying. Mm-hmm. Now I need to, okay, I need to figure out a way, as you said, heart is Hades, <laughs> to remember, okay, be quiet. You're doing it. They don't think you're listening to them. But you are. But just stop. You know, mm-hmm. stop and get some help. <laughs> and and give the person a chance. And it, and it becomes that fine line of, are you elevating yourself or are you just trying to change so that people like you? Oh, never. Uh, I mean, I don't want to change. Yeah. No, not because I feel there's something wrong with me. No, I want to grow to be better and to be better for myself and and my experience. Absolutely. That's no, I'm not. uh, Maybe when I was younger, uh, I'll say for sure, because Mm. I, I struggled with being, liked in my perception accepted. of that you want to accepted be part of oh i was never accepted no but you don't want to be alone I, again perhaps maybe when i was younger all of this stuff meant things but mm-hmm. as you know mm-hmm. it no longer means anything to me mm-hmm. what does mean something to me is my honest treatment of myself and my honest treatment of the people around me right and now that i know why I was doing the things that I was doing. I am not the garbage I was laid out to believe that I was. Right. Because that was the general assumption that I was getting from everybody. Mm-hmm. Was dismissive, elitist, rude, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yep. No, that's not what I was doing. But I believed it. I right. believed what they were telling me. And it's not, that wasn't true. So I'd still like to have good conversations. Mm-hmm. This podcast has helped tremendously. <laughs> it's wonderful. It is. It took me, I'd say, 40 years Yeah, that's to a bit. figure out <laughs> that why people didn't like me in certain situations. You're aggressive. N- nobody ever tells you. <laughs> no. No, isn't that amazing? But it's that. They levy everything on you, but they don't tell you what they're doing. And they, and they get, they don't like you for the execution, not the motivation. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So even as a young child, my motive was always do it right. Mm-hmm. Do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the right way is um, changes on a dime. Subjective sometimes. Well, you, yeah. and you, what you think is right yeah. might differ in 10 years because you've learned more. Yeah. But in that moment... You honestly think that this is the right way to do it and you want to show the other people how to do it right because you want them to do it right as well, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah and there's a little bit of hubris up, in there. You but end up being a pushy know-it-all that yeah. gets your head beaten and you know, yeah. thrown against a wall. Labeled as aggressive and not friendly. Whatever the terminology, overwhelming, aggressive, yeah. uh, forget all the words. And I used to think, why are these bad? Why are these bad words? Mm-hmm. Why are they used in a negative context? Because they make you feel bad or because I'm actually doing something wrong? So I, I believe as a top only breakdown, part of it is a societal way of communication that mm. is uh, overbearing. And the other one is, is that it can seem pushy. Right. And, and that 
can in part be very true because mm-hmm. uh, people can be pushy. Absolutely. But at the same token, it's also how is the other person perceiving this? Right. So if I was to go to one of my current friends and say one of the myriad of things that I say, nobody will be upset or offended or anything because they know I'm not being pushy. <laughs> I, I'm not. Right saying horrible things to them this is just how i communicate Mm because they're accustomed to it and they would never dream that there was some sort of malevolent intent right because they know you because they know me but a person out on the street and hence the masking Mm -hmm. a fair amount of us end up masking how we communicate to be something more like in my case that i saw on tv or watched in a movie Mm -hmm. because it seems more appropriate well, you learn phrases and you learn things that, you know, won't offend the majority of people. Mm-hmm. You learn those quickly, things. quickly, because let me tell you, oh, at, yeah. at this age, when I was young, people straighten things out real yes, fast. But then in other way, <laughs> I reached a point where I was no longer myself. Oh. I'm somebody completely different to make you feel better. Mm. And then I thought, oh, that's how I started looking at society as a box. Right. And how many of us really fit in that box? Right. And why do we have to change ourselves completely to fit into that box? Mm -hmm. To be accepted by whom? Exactly. Right. How about you just love yourself first? Figure out who you are first. Yeah. And then if you think you need to adjust or grow or change, work on that. But we're all too focused on fitting in this box. Yes. I agree. And it's all around us. The yeah. systems are all around us. I, I'll, I'll go back to the, the Freya episode and just admire the fact that at such a young age, she has that part nailed. She got her down. She's fine with who she is. She embraces the weird things that she says and does Total, sometimes. Totally beneficial at, yeah, part in this era to grow peace. up in this time frame. Yeah, Absolutely. and if you're not part of that, that's fine. You don't have to be toodles. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. And I'm working <laughs> towards that, but age this I think got life, to be first. This will be a lifetime. Lifetime for sure. Education. Absolutely. <laughs> but if we can learn from it and teach the next generation or the generation below them mm-hmm. that. You don't need to fit into the box. No, you don't. You don't need to change to fit into the box. That's right. You can learn tools to function where you need to function. No. To get, you know, to get that paycheck or Mm -hmm. to get that house or to eat. Yeah. But to fundamentally change who you are because you don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. That's a whole other. Oh, especially now that everybody is so offended. Super sensitive. Dear Lord. That is a whole other part. And then you reach, you know, an age where you just don't care, care. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I offend them? Oh, yeah. sorry. And I, let me say, I'm so happy to finally be here. <laughs> right? I am. So much freedom. I am. There's so much freedom in not caring. There, I have glinted within the last, I'm going to say, seven years, mm-hmm. a type of not caring that has removed a huge amount of stress from me. Like I have, I, I still live guilt, like anybody else. Stress. All the guilt's going oh. down. The stress yep. is going down. I have other things like everybody else, but not this. Not anymore. It's so unnecessary. It is. Life would and be it holds so much you back. easier. If it holds you back. Absolutely. 
so we've there we are scratching man i think that was one thing and we played around with another i'm looking at the clock on the wall and it's coming up to that time mm-hmm. so you're coming back well, yeah. I'm not even asking. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, because like I say that in every podcast, I also say that yes. in every podcast. But this time, I'm not even asking. You're just coming back. There are other things that we definitely need to cover, and some personal stuff that that you're kind of just coming into grips with now. Oh yeah, really. And you doing a job change, a big job change at this point in your life. Yeah. You were told one thing, got another. Hmm. Mm. Mm. we're definitely going to go down that road there are so many things yeah yeah but i'd really i would like to get into the uh, the gym stuff as i said in mm-hmm. health and maintenance and thank you so much for that um before we go there's a question okay are you ready here comes the question sure so you're on a plane oh yes and everything's just flying around just fine everything's going and now it's not Right. Everything's gone sideways, pear-shaped, screaming, crying, dogs and cats living together, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And those oxygen masks drop from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Who gets the first mask? Are my kids with me? Depends on who's with me. You answer how you answer. Instinctually, I would want to say... Just tell me what you would do. I would probably put the masks on my kids first. Okay. I know that's not what you're supposed to do. They teach there, you. This is not. They teach you. Well, that's my brain, though. My brain knows the right way mm-hmm. is to put it on yourself first because you can't help anybody if you're dead. But as a mother, mm-hmm. if I had my children with me, mm-hmm. I would sacrifice myself first. Okay. All right. Absolutely. There is no right or wrong. Oh, no. No. I, but that's, yeah. I mean, there's logic and then there's emotion. Yes. So... I, I'm both, but one outweighs the other from time to time. So if I'm alone, hell yeah, that mask is going on me. <laughs> and then if I need to help somebody next to me, no problem. But if my kids are with me, they're first. Okay. All right. There you go. And that is another interpretation <laughs> of that question. I tell all. So thank you very much for coming. I appreciated your time so very much. Thanks for having me. You bet. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I know we just scratched it. So Tara's coming back. Anyway, thank you all very much for coming in. I hope you have a great day. Go out there and be awesome. Take care. Well, there we have it. The end of episode seven on living with ADHD in the arts, fitness, and general life. I'd like to thank Tara very much for coming in. Uh, I appreciate her time immensely. It was great talking with her. A lot of very valid points about how to move through health, uh, where to go, a couple of really great examples of how to use gyms and then how to possibly set up a home-based exercise area for yourself whilst using an outside gym as a little bit of a resource for information. I can't exercise enough the need for information. So please do due diligence and research before you go out there and purchase any products. Um, But trying is the name of the game. and We all need to put our best foot forwards for ourselves first and foremost. So again, thanks for Tara for coming in. 
This will be dropping Wednesday at 1 as usual. And we are on, as per normal now, all the multiple platforms. We're on Audible, Amazon Music, Google, Spotify, Anchor, App. Uh, there's another one in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, none of those have changed. We're available on all of them. And uh, we continue to try to move forward with this whole process, and it seems to be going well. But I am encouraging everybody to like and subscribe where they can so we can keep offering some really cool stuff and hopefully get even more. So thank you again. Go out there. Be awesome. And don't judge anybody too harshly. Take care. <laughs>